I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 97 of the Canto by Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, it's my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. A little tired after the concert I went to last night, but other than that, I'm good. Yeah, you saw Paul McCartney, right? Yes. And it was good? Oh, my God. Obviously, the best concert. I will ever go to most likely I can't think of anything that might top that other than the Jonas Brothers but no I'm kidding uh (laughs) he was really good he performed for like three hours straight and he you know because sometimes when artists go on stage you know they do a whole like oh hi welcome to the show nope he just went on stage and just started singing hard day's night like he just he knows what the people want and he made a joke about that too he's like i know all you assholes want you know Beatles stuff but i don't give a shit like i'm gonna sing some of my original stuff too which he did he sang a lot of his originals a lot of wings way more Beatles than i thought he would and it was really weird he like dedicated this like song to his wife i forget her name And, like, you know how on the screen, like, there's, like, videos playing or something? Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, on one side of the screen, or one side of the screen, it's a man doing sign language. And then on the other side of the screen is a woman doing sign language. And the woman was Natalie Portman, and the man was Johnny Depp. Gross. Yeah, so... I was sitting there and I'm like, oh, hello, Johnny Depp. But other than that, it was awesome. He was great. I went with my whole family. The family had fun. It's it's funny. My my family gets stressed over like the littlest things. Like we're, we didn't know what we were doing, of course. And we're just like, where do we go? What are we doing? And then my sister was just like, why is everyone not listening? I, I looked at her. I'm like, calm the fuck down. We're here. We're having a good time. Chill. And she's like, yeah, you're right. And then she's like, all right, let's go, let's go drink. And I think that was the first time ever where I was right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was good. I, I've had an eventful week. 
So now I finally have a day off because I had to work yesterday because everyone in my work keeps calling off or requesting time off and I'm the one having to cover it, which I mean, it's nice, but it's a little exhausting, but also it helps me save more money because I've been spending so much fucking money. It's crazy, especially with like celebration that just sold out four day passes. Um, yeah, they sold out in an hour. What the fuck? Which is crazy. Um, last time, five days sold out in two days. Granted, the Chicago Convention Center is the biggest in the country. Um, I did hear some people say that they were selling fewer four-day tickets than they normally do. But I don't know in terms of actual numbers or percentages. I mean, first of all, if that's even true at all. But also, like, if it was a significant number less. Yeah, because I remember last year being able to get the tickets under 20, 15 minutes. But this time, I got there exactly at 9. And... I didn't check out until like 9.45, 9.50. Yeah, I was starting to get really nervous. Yeah, and I was really nervous for Rusty because five or four-day passes sold out when he was still in the virtual queue. And I was But he ended up getting them. Yeah, I mean, but still, I was mad because... God, he was there from the second they went on sale. And yeah, I, but so was everyone else. <laughs> I know, but I just, I feel bad for all those people who, you know, and thought they could wait too. Like Carlos, like the night before, I was like, you know, are you going to get your passes? He's like, no, I get off at 11, so I'll wait till 11. And for some reason that next day, like, I had a gut feeling like I need to get these tickets. So I texted him. I'm like, hey, I'm getting the tickets. Don't worry about it. Just pay me back when, you know, when I get them. And I'm so glad I got them. I mean, like, he could have gotten press passes, and I think I might do that too and, like, sell mine. But – just have the comfort of having them is really nice. And I got fast shipping because I want my tickets. <laughs> yeah, well, I did I did the fast. I mean, I didn't, well, it's probably not going to be that much faster in terms of shipping. But what it is is you get tracking, and that's what I wanted. Just so yeah. I, because I know last time I got super stressed when people were getting their badges and I didn't have mine yet. And I'm like, there's no way to even check if they've been sent. So I upgraded to the priority. I spent the extra, like, you know, $8 or whatever, just so I could have a tracking number for my own sanity. Yeah. Wow, though. I mean, we, I mean, I just was on Twitter today and I saw that Friday passes are 85% sold out and Saturday passes are 100% sold out. What the fuck? Saturday passes sold out the first day. I have that, like, sound bite in my head from listening to Blue Harvest yesterday. The, what the fuck, Richard? (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh yeah, I'm on the latest. I'm on the latest Blue Harvest. So if you want to listen to that, check it out. It is episode number um I don't know what episode number it is. Two oh six. Two oh six. There we go. Oh, because that that would be the problem is I was looking at the Patreon feed and not the normal one. Yeah, I'm in the middle of it, and it's it's really good. It, you and Jesse are on, and bonding over Sudoku. <laughs> it was fun. I always I always enjoy talking to Haas and Jesse, and so when when Haas asked me to fill in for Will, I was happy. It was a good time. Oh, sounded like it. It's really fun. But oh, did you get any did you get any add on merch when you were buying your celebration tickets? Um, you know, I told myself I was going to because I heard they had the shirt, but I saw the shirt and it was just like a big 40 on it for Empire Strikes Back. Well, that's and... not like the actual design. Oh, and they'll probably have some on the show floor, hopefully. But it's not going to be the worst thing in the world. Were they selling parking passes, too? Not that I saw. I saw Pappas put something somewhere that he spent like 50 bucks for like a parking pass for like the whole convention. Or I don't know. Maybe I was sleeping and dreamed about that, but that would have been cool. I mean, I'm staying within walking distance, so. Oh, you're staying walking distance. How far are you from the convention? I think like a mile or so. So like probably like a 15 minute walk. Damn. I'm like three miles from, which it's not the worst thing in the world, but I have a pool. So I I paid for a pool instead of walking distance. Oh, we have both, but. Battle of the houses. But I think, well, in general, I feel like it's going to be more centralized this year. Yeah. I'm just In terms of, like, places to hang out. Yeah. I'm just excited because Anaheim has so much to offer. Like, there's so many breweries. You know, there's the downtown Disney district. You know, there's freaking Disneyland, for God's sake. And, you know, especially, like, near the convention center, like, there's a couple of hotel bars. Like, the Hilton Hotel Bar is a pop-in place during D23. Yeah, we're... And, you know, it's walking distance, too. Like, the convention center is, like... I forget, like, how far the walk is. I think it's, like, less than a 10-minute walk from the downtown Disney district. But, and Trader Sam's where you can get some Dole Whip. I swear to God, I'm going to plan a Dole Whip event. And I'm going (laughs) to have a lot of people sit down and eat some Dole Whip with rum. That sounds like a good plan. Yes, but I'm going to make everyone do sh- two shots of rum instead of one because the rum, you like can't taste it. And even when you put two shots of rum, you still can't taste it because that's how good it is. But then it's like you have like a nice, lovely buzz. So everyone wins. 
It's still so far away, though. What, Celebration? Yeah. Eh, I know. It's, it's over a, a year. Can, a lot can happen in a year, Emily. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We got some um, nice reviews from last episode. Yes, we did. I think we, we made people a little bit nervous in our episode description. I did Talking about purpose. podcast shakeups. Oh, yeah. I clickbaited the podcast. <laughs> uh, I was surprised that, you know, we got some people willing to fill in as a co-host. <laughs> are, you, are you a little bit hurt that people are so willing? To cast you aside? I mean, not her. I mean, I can tell you right now that I am officially in the process of writing a rough draft of a cover letter and resume. So, <laughs> okay. I am prepared because I believe we have one in our emails for this week. Mm -hmm. So, I'm a little scared. Because all the people yeah, talking if, about... Um, yeah. What were you going to say? I'm going to I'm gonna have to consider like setting some tasks or something. Some sort of competition. Can I be a judge? No! <laughs> I'll be fair. But as I said, on, I said on Twitter that I accept bribes. So you can keep that in mind. So you're accepting bribes and I can't even judge? How is that fair? Well, because it's my decision. <laughs> you can't judge because you're the one of the people being judged. You can't judge your own resume and application. No, I'm not going to judge that part. I just want to judge, like, the talent. Like, you know, like this is like America's Got Talent. And they don't let one of the competitors judge. Well, in this show, they do. I don't. I don't think you realize that you're not setting the rules on this, <sighs> Emily. This is my podcast. This is our podcast. Uh, sort of for now. For now, okay. I mean, I will. I guess I'll just have to start or continue proving to you that you know I'm here for the long run, and you know I see us going far into the future with this podcast. We'll see. Uh, okay. We will see. And I'll, I'll try to have my resume and cover letter uh, to you next week. I was going to write one, but I got really busy at work yesterday. I have, like, no time to listen to podcasts or do anything basically at work anymore it's crazy like i actually have a job now oh how's that mm. is it worth the trade-off of better hours uh i think so i mean i'm definitely doing more which is nice like i i would always put myself in the category of like i wasn't the best dispatcher there because like I didn't know much but at the same time like we have people there that are so used to doing everything that they don't offer anything else like 
two different coworkers. So I was always just like, yeah, I don't know how to do this, but it's okay because someone else is doing it probably better than I'm doing it. But now I'm like kind of like learning more and kind of doing more. And people are like, oh shit, like she knows what she's doing. So that's nice. I mean, that's I, good. yeah, I, I never, or I like being underestimated or, or don't like, but, <sighs> and then it's busier now, obviously like anything's busier than graveyard shifts and everyone's like really nice. So that's cool. And I, that's probably why I'm doing less listening to podcasts too, because I'm actually like talking to people. Like people are actually like happy like I walk in the hallways and people like talk to me like they say like oh good morning and I'm like I I don't know what to do because I'm used to like (laughs) just walking and minding my own business you know with my airpods in listening to you know the sit list or blue harvest or something like no like people are like oh I haven't seen you here like literally like my first day on the shift I got on the shuttle to my work and somebody's like I haven't seen you before who are you and I'm like oh god it's starting (laughs) But no, it's cool. I mean, and definitely too, I'm still looking for career jobs, which is always fun, but I'm very impatient. So I'm just like, I want a job now. But I mean, what I have now is fine. I just have to start saving up more since everything's expensive. But I don't think the people want to hear about, I don't think the people want to hear about my work. I I think I know what the people want to hear. Yeah. So you took a very special trip this week. Yes. Across the universe, all the way to the hopefully lovely planet of Batu. So tell us about your intergalactic journey. Okay. So I'm going to split this into two perspectives. One, a Star Wars fan's perspective, and two, a huge Disney Parks fan's perspective. So first off, yeah, it's a lot. First off, so our reservation was from 8 a.m. to 12. So we're given four hours into the park. And with this reservation, you could go into Disneyland Park two hours before And there's an area that you can hang out in waiting to go to Batu. So, and it's really funny because I researched this months before. And, like, Rusty got there and he's, like, asking everyone for information. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, I know everything. (laughs) Ask me these questions. (laughs) And we were both getting, like, irritated with each other because I'm just like, I know this. And he's like, but I need to ask someone who actually knows. And I'm like, but I know. But, and I get very, like, when I'm on a mission to do something or if I'm stressed, like, I get kind of, like, irritating. Like, I just become, like, a little, like, not, like, controlling, but I just, I I become an asshole. So I was just trying to avoid, like, being an asshole to Rusty and Carlos, but men. Um, So we get there. And we wait in this line. We're inside of the launch bay area, which is basically this like Star Wars themed area in Tomorrowland where, you know, there's lines where you can get pictures with like Chewbacca and Vader and everything. And they have ships from the movies. And at 7 a.m. they move you outside 
and you're waiting in fantasy land near like the entrance to frontier land and there's a couple of entrances to galaxy's edge from frontier land so thank god we were waiting in the best area to enter because when we would enter we would be able to get into line to go to Olga's cantina which was you know the big cantina that everyone wanted to go to and we'd all agreed that that we wanted to do that because we didn't want to build a droid we didn't want to build a lightsaber like everyone was telling us about these like amazing experiences but those didn't really appeal to me because like I'm a 24 year old lady and I don't really have like a fascination for like building a lightsaber or like building a cute little droid like but I saw Colleen made her little BB unit and it was really cute and purple so when you're waiting to get into Batu like 10 minutes before like they bring you to the entrance so it's just like hundreds of people at the entrance and like I got a little emotional because you know I had been waiting to do this for years you know as a Star Wars fan Mm -hmm. as a Disney Parks person like as soon as you know we found out that we're getting this like this appealed to me like I was the targeted audience for Galaxy's Edge you know being a Star Wars fan almost all my life and you know being a Disney Park fan you know combining the two was just I thought it was perfect to me and then when we go in they let you in and they're like please walk yada 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 and then two like the cast is like so the cast members which are the workers there at Disney the cast members there are like so immersive and so they're different than regular cast members you know because it's like they're trying to play this role of like they live on Batu, so it's like they're helping you and they're like oh here's this line to the cantina here's that we saw some girl like trying to hide from like the first order or something that blue-haired girl that's been trending a lot on like you've seen oh, Disneyland. Um, Fi. yeah we actually hung out with her for a bit she got captured by the first order though oh damn yeah Pictures don't do this place justice. Like, you walk in, you're not at Disneyland anymore. You're at a different place. You're in a different atmosphere. It's crazy. And so we get in line for the cantina. We have a 45-minute window. So basically what you do is you wait in the line, and all the people that have reservations for four hours, like, you have the choice of, all right, you can come back here. You can go in the park, you know, walk around, yada, yada, yada. But usually that sells out like the first like five minutes of being in Batu. So we we saw a lot of people like really mad. But part of me doesn't feel sympathy for those, you know, people. But it's because it's like you have to know. Like you have to know that you can't just like walk into a cantina or walk into lightsaber building. Like you have to. Uh, uh, No, I think that's unfair because that's. That's talking as somebody who's super immersed in Star Wars fandom. I guess, but especially with, like, Disney parks, too. Like, that's, like, someone who's, like, I'm just going to walk on Star Tours. Like, no, like, you have to wait in a line. And sometimes, like, the ride can break down or something. But I feel like a lot of people aren't. But then again, like, you are right. A lot of people. Well, I think, yeah, I think people are used to and expecting to wait in line for rides, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily to, like, buy some toys. 
Yeah, toys is that's another story, but like experiences, you know, because the whole lightsaber building, ex- like that's an experience. Like I think one of our friends, Ron, was talking about how you know he got almost emotional during it because you know it's not just you're putting pieces together. Like there's a whole process with it, and it's it's just one of those things like you know, it's a new area and I feel like people are just walking into it like, okay, like I'm going to do this. But unfortunately, like so do, so does everyone else. So there's limits, there's, you know, lines you have to get into. And, you know, part of me does feel bad for those people who like walk in and who are like, oh, dang it. Like I, I missed this because I didn't know about it. But, you know, then again, it's like, okay, cool. Like they know about it now and they can know about it, you know, next time. Like I should get in line for this. I should make a reservation for this. Because starting tomorrow, it's free-for-all. You know, first come, first serve. You can make reservations on the Disney app. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later. But And then you see the Falcon. The life-size Falcon. Breathtaking. Yes. Absolutely breathtaking. And then I bought some porks. Went straight to the shops, got two porgs. I got like the puppet porg, the one that like makes the noise and you can like move the arms around. And then I got like the little like toy porg, like the in-universe toys. Oh, cool. And it's funny because they treat like the puppet porg like it's an actual porg. So they put it in this like boxed crate and you just have to like carry it around and it was really funny because, like, a lot of the cast members were looking at it and they're like, oh, my God, you caught one. Like, I was talking to one and he's like, dude, don't put that thing near the Falcon. Like, there's, like, three Forks nests already in there. We don't need more. <laughs> they're infiltrating the Falcon, which was really cute. And, okay. So, the Falcon ride is interesting. So, it's a mixture of Star Tours in Mission Space, if you've ever been to Epcot, like, there's this, like, ride where, like, you're on, like, a spaceship or something and you have to press a lot of buttons and it's just, it's really nauseating. And so you have to, like, get the coaxium. You're on the Falcon. You have to get the coaxium. And then you go on this planet and you just, there's three different jobs. There's the pilot, there's the engineer, and then there's the gunner. So. Okay. The pilots are the ones that, like, control the ship. So those are the ones you you don't want the little kids to do it because then, like, you're going to be crashing the ship and it's going to be really nauseating. Like, I was a pilot, like, my first ride on the Falcon, and I got really nauseous afterwards because, you know, you're focusing on the screen and you're trying to move around. And ugh, it was it was okay, though. The second time I was a gunner, And that was really fun, except I wasn't really paying too much attention to, like, the screen. It was, like, you're just, like, shooting and, like, hoping you're shooting at something. But it's interesting because I've never been on a ride where (laughs) – Carlos puts this beautifully. You're on a ride where you are the ride. And I'm not used to that. Like, I'm used to, like, sitting down, enjoying things, but, you know, it's very – you're on a mission, you're doing this, you have to pass, you know, or else something might happen, which is interesting. And then the cantina is really cool. So, I mean, 
I hate saying it, but if you've been into Scum and Villainy in Los Angeles, it's very similar. <laughs> Except DJ Rex is in there and there's people acting and the drinks were good, but fucking expensive. Like that little margarita I got was like $16. That's a lot. That's too much for a margarita. Like that was one thing that I was really surprised about in Galaxy's Edge was like the pricing for everything. Like I I know like it's Star Wars and I know it's Disney, but dude, calm down on the fucking prices. Like my little six inch porg that I got was like $20. And I'm like, dude, this six, but it's really cute. So I guess it's okay. But you bought it. So I did buy it. It's really soft too. So there's a different area in the park. Uh, There's two areas. There's a first order area and there is a resistance area. And the resistance area is where the rise of the resistance ride is. So you see a couple of X, you see an X wing, you see an A wing. Um, What else do you see? God, I was just there. Um, that's where you can build the droids. And there's not really much over there. Like, cool, there's cool photo ops, but overall, there's not really much to do there other than the ride. Because usually when people are there, they do the ride a couple times. Like, I went walking around, and Carlos and Rusty went on the ride, like, two or three times because they got in the single rider line, and they're able to just, like, hop on and go back in line and hop on again. And I tried some of the food. The food was good. I had that little like Ronto wrap. Fucking loved that. That was they really have, good. They have two versions of it though. They have like a breakfast version and they have like a lunch version. I got the breakfast version because like I don't like lettuce. Or, like, they put, like, something else in it, and I knew I wouldn't like it. And I'm like, yeah, I like eggs and cheese. Let's let's fucking do it. And it was really good. And the ribs were okay. They were spicy. They give you a lot. They give you, like, this, like, uh, blueberry corn muffin, which was, like, kind of cold. But that was, like, $16 for – I hate being, like, it was so expensive. You know, especially me, like, going to Disney as much as I do. But it's just – it's like, fuck, man. That's pricey, but it was good. And I thought it was cool how, you know, I'd turn around and, oh, there's Ray, you know, walking around. And, you know, we we hung out with Chewbacca. Like, we gave him a high five, and he just, like, was, like, walking. And the stores are really cool, too, because the stores aren't catered to, you know, people at Disneyland who want Star Wars shirts. Like, you're literally getting Jedi robes or Rebel flight gear or, you know, you're not getting anything that says, like, Galaxy's Edge. Like, you're getting... Yeah, it's supposed to be, like, an in-universe experience. Yeah, like, you're getting Padme's Japer snippet. You're getting uh, one of Padme's headpieces. Like, I was impressed with the merch I saw in there. And I was like, I want Jin's... Uh, lightsaber necklace or kyber crystal necklace it was really cool I oh that's good yeah did you get anything besides porgs 
No, that was the only thing I got. I was going to get some of the different toys. I was going to get like a little like Jabba the Hutt um, in-universe toy. But I just wasn't feeling it that day. I had a really bad migraine that day, too. So I was just kind of. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So I just I, I kind of like wasn't fully in it, which is really shitty. And I, I, I definitely beat myself up over that, surprisingly, because I'm going to go into my Disney Parks fan review of it. And that uh, put me down a little bit, to be honest, which sounds like weird. Like, but I'll, I'll get into it. But as a Star Wars fan, I was really impressed with the architecture, the details, the whole environment. Like, you are in Star Wars. The only thing that makes you not feel like you're in Star Wars, though, is, you know, the everyone else like around you and even some like cast members like I was walking into like the first order shop when I first got there and some first order people were talking about like Tapatio or like you know like they weren't really in role like you know you Mm -hmm. hear about the park being like very immersive and the people there being immersive but I mean like you don't expect them to to do that for like all day like you're just sitting there being like dance monkeys dance like no they're people like they're they're not gonna want to be in character for eight hours straight but I don't know maybe some people like that but yeah overall I mean even like in the line for the Falcon ride like they make everything look like old and damaged and then you see a hondo the animatronic hondo is so fucking cool yeah yeah I think I took a picture of him but pictures do not do that man justice and when you're on the ride, like, they have kind of, like, a live-action version type of him, like, talking to Chewie. And that makes me believe that Hondo will be in Episode Nine. I have a feeling, especially since, like, they're going to incorporate, like, Batu or something. That Batu is canon. That's something that I kept forgetting was that this whole place in Star Wars is canon. So we're probably going to get Hondo. That'd be, that'd be neat. And Hondo's, Hondo's one you can sort of do without having to spend a lot of time on him. Like, I know people want to see live action Ahsoka, but there's so much about Ahsoka you would have to explain. Whereas Hondo, you can just get a Hondo ca- uh, like cameo or bit part and... People who know who he is will be, cool, it's Hondo. And everyone else will be, oh, it's some new space pirate dude. That's cool. <laughs> like, you don't you don't need Hondo's backstory to put Hondo in a movie. <laughs> yeah, like, he's not really, you don't really have to explain Hondo. Like, and especially, like, <laughs> Disney Parks people will be like, oh, that's the guy at Disneyland. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah. I think that's cool. I mean, I feel like I'm missing something like from my Star Wars fans point of view, like the ships. Oh, my God. The ships are beautiful, like especially the Falcon. Like pictures do not do the Falcon justice. Like I regret not getting one of those like up close pictures, like because there's cast members there with cameras taking pictures. I should did that. I should have done that. But I, I just wasn't feeling it, which fucking sucks. It sucks, especially when you look forward to something for so fucking long. 
and then just your your body or just your brain or yeah just shit happens which I get hard on myself on that like I I I get into like moods where it's like I feel like I should have enjoyed this more and it's a really shitty feeling to have you know especially when you know I spent so much money on this trip you know all this you know everything and my body decided to fuck with me and give me a migraine and you know I just wasn't having like the best day which really sucked especially Galaxy's Edge you know and I was really nervous because I'm like you know people are gonna ask me like how this how how you know how Galaxy's Edge was and everything and I don't know made me kind of sad which brings me okay so as a Disney Parks fan you know, I go into the Disney parks wanting to, you know, feel some sort of escape, feel some sort of, you know, you go into Disneyland or World and you, you're automatically happy. Like anything that mm-hmm. can happen like the day before, hours before, doesn't fucking matter. That's different when you're in Batu. Like it just, there was just such a big disconnect that I wasn't sure how I felt about it. And... You know, I was not that I was expecting like so much more, but it's very weird when like part of a place at Disneyland is very the cast is very immersive while, you know, you go to another part of Disneyland and, you know, it's just normal cast members, you know, showing like their badges show that they live in like Pasadena or like New York or something like these are quote people that live on Batu. So it's just um, I don't know. Like, I definitely feel like the immersiveness will not last forever. Like, I almost feel like this is temporary and that people are just going to stop acting like, you know, they're actually from Batu or anything. Like, this is all just a show because of how, you know, big Star Wars is and everything and how long they've spent on this project. Like, this is all just a project. And... Yeah. I don't know, like, I'm very conflicted. Like, maybe it was just because, like, I wasn't feeling it. But, I mean, I just, I feel like it could have been more. Like. In what way? Like, what What do you think was missing from the experience? Selfishly, it was, you know, that Disney magic. That thought that nothing else matters. And it felt like when I was there, I had to do this. I had to do that. You know, I had to get in line for the cantina. I had to go on the Falcon ride. I had to buy porgs. Like, I always had to do something. And when I go to Disneyland, I don't have to do shit. Like, I can get a corn dog. I can go on a ride. Like, I just felt like everything was... Well, but you've been to Disneyland how many times? As opposed to going to Galaxy's Edge once? Yeah, so I think I was stressing myself out on I have to do this, I have to do that. And plus, you know, Disneyland is a place that, you know, I've created memories with, you know, my family and everything. And, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was with Rusty and Carlos, but, and this is a whole new place too. So I feel like I was really hard on it, you know, wanting to, you know, feel the same way I feel at Disneyland. But obviously I'm in a different place. I'm in a new place and, you know, I have to create new memories and I don't deal with change very well so that's probably why I felt like a big like disconnect which made me like really sad like I got home from Galaxy's Edge and I'm like I should have appreciated this more 
you know, and I was really embarrassed that, you know, people would ask me about how Galaxy's Edge was and I didn't want to talk about it. You know, I still haven't posted pictures yet because like, I don't know what to say. And I felt really guilty because, you know, I saw, you know, everyone around me like having like a really good time and everything. And, you know, Rusty was, you know, saying that this was one of the best experiences he's had as a Star Wars fan. And like with me, like, I don't, I don't agree. And that made me really sad because, you know, I've hyped this up for so many years and it's like I go and I just didn't feel it. Is, is that part of the problem that you hyped it up that it was going to be the most amazing thing ever? Probably. I think so. Which really sucks. You know, like it just... You know, you hype something up for so long and then it's great, but I mean, you see other people react to it and get really emotional and get really excited. And then you're like, why am I not feeling that? Like, you know, of course, like the first like 10 minutes I was there, I'm like, this is awesome. This is really cool. But after like hour three of being there, I'm just like, I want to go. Like, I need to get out. Like, I felt just like, not like bad energy. Like, I just felt, like, really anxious. And then I got back into, like, uh, Disneyland, and I'm like, everything's fine. Everything's great. Yeah, you know, all those feelings I felt before? Like, nah, it's cool. You know, my head's pounding, but you know what? It's fine. I don't know. I stress myself out too much, you know, especially with, like, stuff like this. But, I mean, I just need to go again. You know, like, I... I knew that, you know, I would be in here for a short window. Like, I'm not going to be at Disneyland for a while because it's the summer and they're opening up Galaxy's Edge to everyone. And it's going to be crazy crowded. But I don't know. I just, I expected more, which sounds like awful to say, like, because it's a beautiful place. Like, people worked so hard for years. But just as, like, a Disney person, like... I don't know. And, you know, maybe it's just me. You know, I was having a bad day and, you know, I let it get to me. And, you know, I probably should have ignored that or shouldn't let it affect me as much as I do. But then again, if I was at Disneyland, like, I wouldn't let that shit affect me at all. So, I don't know. It's probably the weirdest review that you've ever heard from, like, a place. But, and probably depressing, but... (laughs) Well, it just it just sounds like you put a you put a lot of pressure on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping when you you know, when you eventually do go back you're able to breathe a little bit more. Yeah. I should have drank more. I should have <laughs> I don't know. I shouldn't have stressed myself out so much and you know, I do that and huh. <sighs> And I probably shouldn't have looked at so many pictures, too. Like, I... But it's it's hard not to do that. And, you know, I shouldn't have let others' opinions of something, you know, affect, like, mine so much, you know? Because it definitely seemed like everyone's reactions, like, still makes me kind of sad that, like, I had fun. Like, don't get me wrong, but is this the best thing I've ever done? No. You know, going to Star Wars Celebration, I think that was probably one of my best moments as, like, a Star Wars fan. Because there I was with people who love it as much as I do. Not that, you know, people in Galaxy's Edge didn't. Just, I didn't know 
anyone in Galaxy's Edge, well, obviously, but it, it's kind of it's really hard to explain. Hmm. I don't know, but uh, do you have like any questions, any comments and concerns? I mean, we tried asking on Twitter, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think so at this point. Like, we're about to go into it being open, and um, I'm sure by the time this comes out on Friday, we'll have heard some stories about how that goes. Yeah. I hope it'll be, you know, a positive experience for those who don't want to do the reservation system. But the whole reservation system is very interesting. Like, you're given these wristbands and, you know, people that come in, like, from, like, 9 to 1 or 9 to 12 or probably, like, 9 to 1 have, like, like, we had yellow wristbands. The people that came in 9 had red wristbands and... I don't know. It was really funny because, like, we had gotten off the ride at, like, 12 and I wanted to try those ribs. I'm like, God, I hope they don't kick us out. So, like, I was stressing about that. And then, you know, I was stressing about, you know, like, what if they don't have this? You know, I'm looking for this. What if they don't have it? And then I was stressing about, you know, like, what if the line for the Falcon is too long and we get out and we have to leave, you know? So, Uh, new places stress me out. (laughs) But... I don't know. I mean, I hope that everyone that goes to Batu like has a really good time. Like I'm loving seeing, you know, all these reactions and seeing how, you know, happy people are getting. And, you know, definitely for celebration, like if they do do Disneyland night, like I want to go just to see everyone, like see all my friends, you know, experience Batu for the first time and, you know, creating memories there, you know, like I, want to continue doing that for, you know, the rest of my life, you know, creating these memories in Batu. I'm just, you know, a little sad that, you know, like my first experience there, like, wasn't the best and that, you know, I had the opportunity to make it better, but I didn't. Fuck you, migraines. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully you get a chance to go again, you know, relatively soon and, and, let yourself relax a little bit more. Yeah. But also, I mean, not everything is for everybody and maybe it's just not the place for you. Yeah. And, you know, like I was, I was talking to Carlos about this. Like, I don't think that something like this caters to me. Like, I think that Batu caters, you know, to children and to, you know, other groups of people, you know, like me, like, you know, I go to Disney for an escape. And like when I go to Batu, like it, it wasn't so much of an escape it was, you know, I was in Star Wars. Like I felt more of that Star. I sometimes I feel more of that Star Wars magic when I'm walking around Disneyland and I hear like Star Wars music and everything. But I, I don't know. And uh, also. I recommend, like, especially, like, if anyone's going, like, during the non-reservation times, if you have kids, be really careful because no one cares about personal space or, 
you know, like usually when you're walking up or down the stairs, people know like which way to walk if they want to go up and down. Like people don't care. Like it's a madhouse there. Like people are, you know, on a mission to do something, this and that. Like I was really worried about seeing all the little kids there that were, you know, being trampled on or all the strollers that were getting stepped on or, you know, because everyone's there to do something. Like, it's not like, oh, look at this. Yeah. It's like, no, we have to go in the Falcon. We have to do this. We have to do that. So I just think that people should be really careful with their kids because I don't want something bad to happen. Because that was one of the things I was telling Carlos. I'm like, I do not think that you should bring your very, very small child here because I'm worried for their safety. But I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's, like, anything else that I missed. Um, and Cantina was okay. Carlos had this drink called the, uh, what was it called? It was the Fuzzy Tauntaun. And it was funny because the cast member there was like, you need to be careful with this one. Like, do not rub your face after touching this drink. You know, do not give like wet willies. Like, there's some serious shit in here. We thought that he was fucking around. But for some reason, like the foam in this drink was like very acidic. And, like, when you drank it, like, it started burning your mouth. Like, it was the weirdest fucking thing I've ever tasted. So, if, any, hmm. if anyone goes to uh, Olga's Cantina, look at the Fuzzy Tauntaun, but do not fucking drink it. And drink the Dagobah Slug Slinger. Actually, no, it had the Outer Rim. Get the Outer Rim. The Outer Rim is really good. There's, It's like a mango-y margarita with, like, mango puree on it, black salt on the rim. Really good. Definitely recommend that. That sounds tasty. Yeah, there are also other beers there, too. We didn't try anything else in there, but it was really cool. And mostly you're standing in there. Like, they tell you, you know, you're in line for it, and they're like, you're probably going to be standing. Like, I felt really bad. Like, there was, like, a preg- like a very heavily pregnant person in line, and she seemed, like, kind of bummed about it, you know, that, you know, she can sit down because, I mean, she's she has a human inside of her. But she was good about it. We were at the same table and she was cool. But there's not much places to sit down. Everyone's standing. You can bring your kids in there too, which is really interesting. I saw a lot of kids in there, but they didn't seem too happy because I don't think any kids happy to be in a bar. But DJ Rex is really cool. We had a table right by the DJ Rex guy. And the music in there was like kind of cool, kind of Star Wars-y. I wanted to like go around and like take pictures, but there was just so many people in there because that's the big hot spot to be in is this Star Wars themed bar. But I mean, if you're not into drinking, I would avoid it. I mean, I would definitely ask a cast member if you can just like walk in there real quick and leave because the drinks aren't special. Like my margarita was good, but I mean, you can get a margarita anywhere. And definitely if you have small kids, don't buy them food here because everything's like themed around Batu and the Ronto wrap was really good. It's basically like this like pork sausage wrapped in like pita bread. But kids are really picky, so I definitely like maybe go to like Frontierland before like get your kid like a hot dog or something. But I mean look at the menus before. Um the thermal detonator coke bottles are cool. But I don't think it's worth like $6 or $5, however much it is. And I don't know if there's anything else. Uh, the If you go 
They had these like shoulder porgs that you can like put on your shoulder. They're sold out. Like I was so sad because we got to the park and literally like I guess they all sold out like the day before. So I was really sad about that. But it's okay. I mean, it's really funny. You know, the way that Disney deals with, you know, certain things selling out, like they get really scared when someone asks, oh, is this available? Because, you know, people take it out on them. Like it's not their fault that stuffed animal sold out or something so it's really interesting talking to different people about it it's like it's not your fault man like i get i get it you know if something's really popular and it sells out like it's not the cast member's fault it's no one's fault you know sometimes you just don't know like how well something's gonna sell but anyways that too is awesome check it out don't stress yourself out definitely don't yeah just you know like make sure you know you're in a good mind space you know don't get any fights with anyone like the night before or anything or you know don't stress yourself out like it's just a place and I wish I would have told myself that you know like a week ago like you're just you're going to like a a new park expansion but I I don't know I'm probably the only one that will ever have this crazy ass review of Galaxy's Edge but I'm glad, or I hope that was helpful to someone. <laughs> and they they have a lot of binders, Emily. They have, like, rows and rows of them. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, and I didn't see Kylo Ren at all. I only saw, uh, I saw a couple stormtroopers dicking around. Uh, I saw Ray. I saw Chewie. They really need to improve Chewie's uh, fucking costume, though, because it just doesn't. Disneyland Chewbacca looks like a different Chewbacca, and it's probably expensive to, you know, do that mask and everything. But it just, yeah. But yeah, guys. If you go to Batu, have fun. Send me pictures. Ask me what to do or ask me for recommendations. The only thing I don't know about is like the droid building and the lightsaber building. But I went inside the droid building area and it was really cool. And I saw the $2,000 or $22,000 R2-D2. He was cute. He liked when I, I there was this R2-D2 pull and I put it on my head. And it was like, hey, man, I'm you. And he beeped a lot. It was really cute. I had a moment with R2-D2. But, yeah. That was my Galaxy's Edge review. Okay, so um, we got some details of how it's going to work now that it's not reservation anymore. And this is off of a Los Angeles Times article. Um, There's going to be a virtual queuing system done through the app or if you don't have the app you can do it at the like fast pass kiosks and that'll give you a boarding group you know that basically gives you a time when you can go in so you don't you know aren't standing in line the entire day and it's still going to be reservations for savvy's workshop which is the lightsaber and for august cantina when you make reservations on those, you apparently have to put in a credit card because if you no-show your reservation, at the cantina, it's a $10 fee, but at 
the lightsaber workshop, it's a $200 fee. Which, which makes sense because, well, there, if, if, well, I, I mean, there should be some sort of stand, you know, standby line or something. But if you have a reservation to make a $200 lightsaber and you don't show up for it, they're out $200. Yeah, that's insane. Like, a lot of Disneyland reservations require you to put in your credit card. Like, Rusty and I went to that Steakhouse 55 again, and I had to put in my credit card. That was really good, by the way. But, yeah, I'm not surprised about that. That takes that makes the reservations more serious when people do that. Because usually, like, when you make reservations for, like, fast passes, like, oh, no, like I'm, I, never mind. I, I'm not going to do it. Like, no, like this had serious to this. Like you made a reservation for lightsaber building. You got to do lightsaber building, you know, like Disney's not fucking around here. That's like $200. But yeah, that's, I'm very interested to see how that park's going to do when reservations are no more. Like, I noticed definitely, like, it's the beginning of summer, and that's usually when the parks are busiest. And it wasn't that bad. Like, it was, like, a normal day. Like, they had the Star Wars version of Space Mountain, which is Hyperspace Mountain, and usually that's, like, a 120-minute wait. We only waited in line for, like, 30 minutes. Like, the lines there are really short because everyone's spending their time in Batu. So I'm wondering how the park capacity is going to be. And I'm wondering how many, I ain't saying like incidents are hap- are going to happen, but I just, I feel like something, something's going to happen. Like definitely in the beginning with the reservations, they fixed the whole Olga's Cantina thing because apparently people were spending hours in line to get into this cantina, but then they moved to like a reservation system. I just hope that people have fun and that nothing bad happens. And I hope that people experience you know like a good time because obviously like there's no limit to how much time you can spend at Batu. you know if someone wants to spend all day in Batu, like fucking go ahead you know you you go but <sighs> i don't know well anything else to report think so I'm, I'm looking through my pictures again seeing if there's anything else that i missed but it was really funny like we were in line for the falcon ride and obviously like there are like emergency exit signs and they were pointing at it and they were like hey that's not from batu <laughs> i thought that was funny I think it's funny when people, like, nitpick, like, little things. Like, obviously, there has to be, like, an emergency exit and a ride because if something bad happens, like, you have to fucking know where to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at more pictures from, like, the shops and everything. Definitely, if you go check out the shops, like, there's a lot of really cool, like, details. Like, there's, like, a whole place where they have, like, holocrons and, you know, the droid shop. They have a bunch of droids in the front. A lot of details. And I definitely want to go back to, like, see more of the details that I missed. And especially, like, when you're on the Falcon ride, like, you're literally inside the Falcon. Like, I want to, you know, walk around a little more, like, take more pictures. Because I got a little – I got some pictures of when I was inside the Falcon, but I should have gotten more. 
But do you want to move on to the next? Yeah, um, I say we're going to skip Bad Watch this week because we've already been going for an hour. And we have voicemail and email. So next week we will be talking about Clone Wars era Obi-Wan. But for now, we got an email from, we got a voicemail from our old farm boy, so let me pull that up. Voicemail, it's a voicemail song. That's it today. How do you care to bike dispatcher girls, Miss Emily, Miss Brittany? It's me, RFB. Also said Anthony. So firstly, great surprise for me this morning. It's a Saturday afternoon as I'm talking at you. Great surprise for breakfast this morning because I didn't read show notes for Blue Harvest and put on, and boom, there's Miss Emily on my on my radio. Saturday morning, long for breakfast. Which, yes, I did have sausage, gravy, and biscuits. And hot black coffee. Anyhow, that was a great surprise. And Miss hearing Miss Jessie, too. Only times I ever get to hear her and Oz talk is on their Patreon jaws. Anyhow, this here has got some talk. Miss Brittany got to go. She was on by two. She was in Black Spire Outpost. As I seen at work on Thursday. And when that showed up in that Twitterverse, well, that got me all kind of riled up in a good way. Because the first thing she put up was going through that tunnel and she's already crying. And I'm like, holy shit. And I'm sure you only had that four hours. And there was a great lot. You got yet to go back and be exploring and seeing that you maybe didn't get to see. Um, and questions. What questions? Because it'll be a long damn time before I'll be able to go. For just reasons. But at any house, of the things that you got to see, and the little bit you did share, and I'm glad you didn't go and put a ton on that Twitterverse, because, because, uh, no, you needed to see all that, and we can hear about after. But of all them things that you did see, and I'm sure that just had you sideways in a good way, <laughs> I can't just imagine. Of all the stuff that you did get to see for that time you was there, maybe things that weren't being sold, maybe something caught your eye that what would you have seen that you would make you say, I want that. That's coming home with me. Something that weren't for sale. And I can't wait to hear what maybe that might be. Maybe it's more than one thing. You can make it more than one thing if you want. So I look forward to your show and my playlist. Until then, girls, love you both. May the force be with you. See you on the radio. So, Brittany, what would you steal from Galaxy's Edge? There is this, like, wooden carving of a porg. I would have taken that. How big was it? Um, It was, like, a 
little over a foot tall, a little over a foot wide. It was cool. I don't think I got a picture of it. But it was really cute. Where was that at? It was right by the two shops where you can get the stuffed animals. They, I wish they had more shops, too. Like, you know, they had... I forget what that main, that main shop was called where you can get, like, the holocrons and, you know, the different accessories. Because all they had was that. They had, like, the little booths, areas where you can get, you know, different things, like f- pilot gear. Uh, they had, like, little shops where you can get, like, the stuffed animals. Like, I just, I don't know. I wish they had more, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. Like, more porgs. Like, I thought there would be more porgs, but that's just me being selfish. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of, like, what else I would really like. More Padme stuff. I was really surprised seeing that uh, that necklace that Anakin made Padme. Even though I could have bought that, I was like, ooh, I really want that. And, um... What was it? It was Jin's necklace, too. The Kyber Crystal necklace. I think the next time I go, I want to get that. Because that looked really cool. Very impressive, the detailing of, you know, the shops and everything. Like, you can look up in one of the shops and you can see the um, the arc from, from Indiana Jones. And just the detailing was really great. I could have been in that shop for hours just, like, looking around, seeing different things. But, yeah, thank cool. you for the voicemail. All right. Uh, do you want me to read the next one? Or, um... Sure. <sighs> Fuck. Okay. <laughs> this is from Dom. Candle bitch number one. He titles this my qualifications. So, I heard you have a job opening. I'd send my resume and cover letter, but the listeners won't see it. I'm also using my phone and fuck trying to actually commit to the bit with a a legit resi and cover on the phone. So look, I have plenty of experience with auto recording and editing. I have this opinion of myself that I'm funny, wrong or right. I like Star Wars. My identity is not dependent on what day it is. <laughs> I would sooner die than ring a bell at a wedding. I could certainly get dirtier than Brito on whether or not any of Steven Sand's characters would get the job done in bed. <laughs> Merber Gascon, am I right? I like music that was recorded after my birth. I already know all the rules of the pod and oh yeah my voice has already been heard on more episodes of canto by dispatch than anyone except Brittany and emily so i feel like it's a bit of a natural progression anyways i look forward to hearing from canto by dispatch human resources about my credentials and next steps at your student's convenience thank you canto bitch number one he also sends another one says with apologies i just became aware there were some required documentation to accompany my application Please see attached. Thank you for your consideration. Candlebitch number one. Attaches a picture of Mendo on Coruscant drinking some scotch. He picked a, he picked a good picture. That's one of my favorite pictures. 
Dom, thank you for your application. It is definitely, it's going, it's not getting thrown away. It is in the, the definite, like, for consideration pile. Uh, we'll wait to see anything else comes in. And we'll, we'll you know, I'll, I'll bring you in for an interview or something. And, you know, you can tell me where you see yourself in five years or whatever other terrible questions you have to answer in interviews. But this is a strong application so far. I like music that was recorded after my birth. I already know all the rules to the pod. I would sooner die than bring a bell at a wet. That one's good. That was funny, the gift that he sent. Uh, that was the the lady from Game of Thrones ringing the bell. Oh, yeah, the and shame was, lady. The bride is coming. That was pretty good. Uh. Well, Dom, I mean, if it happens, it happens. You know, I, I can't, you know, I can't blame you. I can't blame me, you know. I will, too, look at your resume or, you know, your post attached and definitely just just thank you for the email. That's all I got to say. <laughs> so, Brittany, where can people find you on the Internet? You'd find me on Twitter as CantoBrit and Instagram as BrittanyTheGinger. What about you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at CantoBitePod. And if you have any questions or topics you want to email to us, it's CantoBitePod at gmail.com. Obviously, you can also send your, you know, to express your interest in the possibly vacant co-host position. Sure. Uh, other than that, you know, rate and review us on iTunes, or I guess it's like Apple Podcasts now, whatever. Follow us on SoundCloud. All that shit helps us out. You know, retweet the podcast, spread the word. And until next time, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Uh, bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a Kanto bitch. Brittany the Jinj and Emily Lind. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, Kanto bitch number one.